as uh, you make your way back to your seats. Uh, last time that uh, that I preached uh, in this pulpit, uh, we were in Second Corinthians chapter six. So we'll be back there again tonight. Second Corinthians chapter six. Kind of want to finish what I've what I've started, if you will. Uh, trying to preach through this this chapter. A chapter that really uh, was pressed on my heart uh, concerning Paul's sincere heart about ministry is what we titled uh, this section. And last time we talked about um, Paul's ministry there in the beginning of the chapter, you know, verses 1 and 2, he's appealing to the lost in the church. He's beseeching them, asking them earnestly. Today is the day of salvation, as in verse number two says. And then verse number three, uh, on we see Paul's self-observation, looking at his own ministry. You know, just taking a dive into it. In verse three it says, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. And we kind of we camped out there. We kind of expounded upon that. And we kind of flipped through... Uh, different verses uh, in the Bible, uh, you know, Romans 14, and then Paul starts in verses, in verse 4, uh, he started to um, give reminders, uh, sharing with those people at Corinth, those reminders of some things he's went through in verses 4 uh, and 5, uh, verses where we'll begin tonight. As we'll see, Paul, in verse number 6, I didn't get through. I tried to get through verse 11 uh, the last time, but I just just wasn't no way for the sake of time. And uh, so, Brother Jay, don't start your clock just yet. Uh, (laughs) Inside joke. You had to be there. Um, But verse number 6, Paul starts to tell some things that he's used in his ministry. So some, I believe I, I read one writer, his, some of his tools that he used or some of his ways um, he used in his ministry. Uh, so verse number six, we'll start, and I'll just start um, reading there in verse number six. It says, by pureness, uh, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, uh, by love, unfeigned. So Paul here, he's he's given these tools of what has helped him in his ministry, what he has used in his ministry. Uh, first, we see patience, uh, not giving up and pressing on through difficult circumstances. Um, we read through last time some of the things that Paul went through. And some of those stripes, as you see there in verse number 5, you see the stripes, the imprisonments, uh, tumults, labors, and watchings, and fastings. And so he's he's been uh, faithful through it all. Let me uh, think I've not started where I'm supposed to. I'm getting getting lost in in my notes. I've got too many notes. I ain't never heard a preacher say that. Have you, Brother Ronnie? Mm-hmm. Woo. Uh, 
And we talked about verse number six. I'll, I'll get, I, just give me just a second. There we go. Paul's ways are his tools he used in his ministry. Pureness. So by pureness, uh, Paul kept himself clean and pure uh, in a spiritual manner is what I believe he's talking about there. Uh, and we know it wasn't cleanliness on the outside. I'm sure he tried to keep himself as clean as possible. You know, being in prisons often, being in those nasty places, uh, getting those stripes uh, and things that we've already talked about. His pureness, he tried to stay as pure as possible. I think we should apply that to our own ministry. Uh, like I've said, we, we have a ministry each and every day. We wake up if we are saved uh, by Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ alone. We do have a ministry. Uh, whether we uh, believe it or not, somebody is always watching us. Somebody is, is always looking at how we're conducting ourselves. Uh, so by pureness, uh, we ought to try to keep ourselves pure. Stay prayed up. Keep those, those sins that you know you commit. Keep those sins confessed. Uh, keep those before the Lord. Once you pray for them and ask for forgiveness, you know, we ought not waller in our, in our own sin. We ought not uh, leave that lingering around and hanging on, dragging that baggage with us through the rest of the day. Hey, God's get forgiving you for it. You know, don't go back to it. Leave it at that altar, wherever you built that altar, whether it be here or whether it be on the ride to work or whether it be standing in the middle of the warehouse, wherever. Uh, leave it at that altar. And so then he says, by pureness and by knowledge. So by knowledge is what Paul, I believe he's saying there, is the understanding of Christ and his work of salvation and using the gospel. Uh, so we is also we should have a knowledge of the gospel and how it works. We should have a knowledge, and I'm trying to get ahead of myself, uh, of the gospel. We should have a knowledge of the Bible. Uh, we should be ready to give an account. You know, if somebody has a question for us, uh, we may not have an answer to every question. I'm just going to tell you, you're not. You're not going to have an answer right offhand. You may uh, have to find somebody that you... Uh, that you look up to, like me, Brother Kevin. I look up to Brother Kevin, Brother Ronnie. If I've got a question, and that reminds me, I do have a question I need to ask Brother Ronnie. Uh, I had a guy today, he asked me about something in Hebrews chapter 7. And I said, I don't know. I said, and it's okay to do that. It is okay to do that. Don't be prideful and try to give some, you know, half answer. Uh, don't be prideful in that. You know, just go on, swallow that down. And just swallow and say, I don't know, but I will get back to you. So, and luckily I'm training the guy this week, so he has no choice. He has no choice. So, uh, by knowledge, by understanding, and by digging into God's uh, word. Um, so he says, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering. So this is having patience with difficult people. Long-suffering, you know, uh, I'm probably a difficult person. My wife can probably attest to that. Uh, my parents, as I was growing up, probably thought I was a difficult person. Uh, any of you raising teenagers, you say amen. 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 Yeah, that was your dad, by the way. Jamie back there picked his head up. So long-suffering with difficult people. 
we have to be long-suffering, and Paul especially had to be long-suffering in these days because he was persecuted. He was sought to be killed. Uh, you and I, although we may not have the, the, the uh, fear of death upon us far as, uh, as far as persecution in America right now, and I'm going to say right now, uh, we should be long-suffering with those difficult people in our lives uh, to try to bring them the gospel, to plant that seed, uh, Brother Johnny, in their lives that God may water and give the increase. And they be, they be illuminated, their mind be illuminated to understand what they are and what they stand in need of. So we should have long-suffering and have patience with difficult people. So he says, by long-suffering, by kindness. Being kind, not being rude or hateful. Just imagine Paul in his day. How easy it would have been for him to be hateful because of the way he was treated. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I couldn't fathom. And we, we, we went through last time and read those things that he went through. Uh, I mean, just, just a few things he lists right here. He, and he kind of broad strokes it. You know, he doesn't go into detail in verse number 5, in stripes and imprisonments and in tumults. You know, those tumults are, are riotous crowds, you know, seeking after him, him being in the midst of that. So, I mean, for him to use kindness, you know, that is a good weapon in our arsenal, or that's a good tool for you and I as a child of God to use that. You got somebody being hateful to you or just being just downright spiteful towards you. Oh, I hate to use this cliche, but I'll I'll say it. You know, kill them with kindness. You know, that cuts deeper than anything. Because you have somebody being spiteful to you. Hey, you think about it in arguments with your spouse or your significant other or, or your kids. You know, if they're, if, they're, if they're arguing and they're trying to be spiteful and you're kind, boy, that don't cut, that cuts deep. That cuts, they can't stand. They want you to be spiteful back to them. They want you to be hateful back to them. So using that kindness, so it's Paul uses this in his, in his arsenal. And then we see, most importantly, um, I believe, he says, by uh, the Holy Ghost. Uh, you and I have to have the Holy Ghost. We must be led by the Holy Spirit in whatever that we do, whatever that we say. We should have uh, that guidance as Paul was no doubt led uh, in those ways. He had a close walk and had a close-knit uh, relationship, if you will, and in tune with that Holy Spirit to be able to follow that Holy Spirit. Uh, so the Holy Ghost, he used the Holy Ghost, and then there at the end of verse number 6, he says, By love unfeigned. Um, Love that does not fail. Love that, uh, as we as we said before, he he would rather be a curse from Christ and save his own kinsmen. You know that's 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 a deep love. Um, I talked about I talked about to a gentleman today. It's actually I think my boss. No, it was yesterday. We talked about you know how the husband is supposed to love the wife as Christ loved the church. You know what kind of love is that? You know, wow, how great a love Christ had for the church. So we should have that love uh, uh, renewed uh, for those people that we're trying to reach. 
and as Paul did in his day, trying to reach those people. Verse number 7, it says, and we'll read the whole verse, it says, By the word of truth, by the power of God, and by the armor of righteousness, on the right hand and on the left. So the word of truth, God's word, the truth uh, that is found within. And might I say, in this day and time, right is right and wrong is wrong. We have to have a rule. Uh, we have to have a, uh, a standard, if you will, uh, in this day and age where, where right is wrong and wrong is right. Uh, so we should have a knowledge of the truth of the word, uh, the saving grace of the word, but also how we are again to conduct ourselves in this world and how we are to conduct ourselves as Christians. So right is right and wrong is wrong. The truth of what uh, we are. So a lot, of, a lot of people, you think back to when you were first, first uh, illuminated and you understood exactly what you were uh, as a sinner. Uh, a lot of folks don't like to hear that. A lot of folks don't like to hear that they're wrong. Uh, you know, I don't like being told that I'm wrong. I like to be right. Um, I didn't get no amen, so I don't guess nobody else likes to be right. Uh, so, I mean, we have to know the word. We have to know the word of truth, as, he, as his Paul does here. And Paul was not ashamed. You know, he had a backbone, and he stood on God's word. And he stood, thus saith the word, thus saith the Lord. So you and I as well, we should have uh, the word of truth in our arsenal or in our ways uh, about our everyday life. So then he says, by the power by the power of God, you and I cannot do anything outside the power of God. Uh, nothing for the kingdom. Let me say that. Nothing for the kingdom. You and I, we can get up and muster the strength, and, and, but at the end of the day, who gives us that strength? You know, who gives us that bill of health that we have each and every day? You know, who gives us the vision that we have each and every day? Who gives us the voice to proclaim the gospel each and every day? Um, the power of God. Paul had to rely on God's power to get him through those times. He relied on God's power uh, in his life. In Second Corinthians, and um, at the beginning of the of the book, I think it's verse number verse number nine, and it says at the end of it, it says that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. So Paul was trusting and clinging to the power of God in his ministry and in his life. So you and I should do the same thing uh, as well. We should have, um, we do have that power uh, of God in our lives. Uh, and, and, and as I continue, so the power of God, and then he says, uh, by the armor of righteousness. The armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. I believe Paul is speaking here of being prepared, uh, being prepared in all things, being righteous. Uh, righteousness is defined as the quality of being morally right or justifiable. So he, was, he tried to be righteous, and even in Ephesians chapter 6, um, verses 11 through 16, he talks about the armor of God, having that armor on to be prepared uh, to face this world, to fa 
to quench the fiery darts uh, of the devil. It talks about there in that armor. Uh, we should be prepared uh, for uh, that. It says the loins of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. I find that I find that interesting. That that righteousness is at the center point. That breastplate. It is at the center point. It is at the core of everything. Is that righteousness in our lives? Uh, the breastplate. Breast. I'm gonna get tongue tied. Breastplate of righteousness. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, uh, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, in which he's talking about God's word there. And so, as we continue on in verse number 8, and I'll not, I'll not go word by word here, I'll kind of let the Bible speak for itself. Um, there's no sense in uh, me trying to interject things if it speaks plainly, if it speaks plainly to us. So in verse... Uh, number eight, it says, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true. Paul's talking about here about his adversaries or his enemies in this world that do speak about him. You know, they're saying that he is dishonorable, but by God, he is an honorable man because of what he is doing. Uh, by evil report or, and by good report. So his enemies in this world, they gave him an evil report because they were not agreeing with the things that he was teaching, uh, the, the Jesus that he was preaching about, the kingdom to come that he was preaching about. Uh, they, uh, they sought him to be dishonorable. They sought him to be evil report of evil report and as deceivers. But yet Paul says, we're true. Uh, this world will say we're far-fetched, we're... We're narrow-minded. I've heard a preacher say, uh, you know, uh, somebody call him narrow-minded. I'm about that narrow-minded right there. You know, that's good. I love that. I love that phrase. About that narrow-minded right there. About that narrow-minded. Because that's what all we have and that's all uh, we, we know. About that narrow-minded. So yet and yet being true. Verse number 9 says, as unknown and yet well-known. As dying and behold we live. As chastened and not killed. Verse number 10 says, As sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Then he says, As poor yet making many rich. You and I may never be millionaires in this world. I'm not going to be. I, I, I about guarantee it. Uh, I'm not going to be a millionaire. If I was a millionaire, I'd probably try to give it all away. Because knowing what I'd get into. Um. But yet, if we give the gospel, we're making others rich or able to be rich if they so choose. If God enlightens them and shows them that they're lost, they do have availability to be in heaven. So making many rich. And I also think, as I touched on already, if Paul had any money and he seen, he seen any standing in need. And I've talked about taking care of the poor. I think Paul. I think Paul done that. I think he gave about everything that he had away, uh, just to take care of those needy people. And it says in verse number ten, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Again, so we may not have nothing in this world, but we we possess everything that we stand in need of. We that what we stand in need of is salvation, uh, is what we stand in need of. We have everything that we need. 
And then verse number 11, it says, O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. And that's where we got our thought of Paul's sincere heart towards ministry. Uh, His heart is enlarged uh, towards the people at Corinth. Verse number 12, and we'll try to get done uh, with the rest of this chapter. It says, you're not straightened in us, but you are straightened in your own bowels. So he's saying there, you've come to your own understanding and your own uh, standard, if you will, of righteousness, your own way of living uh, away from what we have taught you, away from what God has commanded. Uh, that can be us at times. Amen. We can, we can understand, we can try to lean on our own understanding, our own righteousness. Uh, that can be us as well. But here he's calling out those uh, those people, uh, we should, uh, verse number 13, it says, Now for a recompense and the same, I speak as unto you, my children, uh, be ye also enlarged. Verse 14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? So he's giving these comparisons here. Verse 15, it says, And what concord hath Christ with Belia? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? So where we find ourselves in life and who we're hooked up with in life, who we got our wagon hitched to in life, we should be careful. And we should take evaluation of who we're, who we're hanging around because we've all heard the saying as, we're, as we got growing up and we started venturing out in life, you know, birds of a feather, what? They flock together. Be careful of what company you keep. And he says of verse number 15, or what part hath he, uh, he that believeth with an infidel? So be careful when you're hanging around those people that are in the world uh, that you believe that they are lost, they have no, you know, fruits in their life, uh, looking uh, produce that you see that they are saved, that they do desire the things of God, they do desire to see others saved. You should be careful because you can get attached to those people. We all like we all like being accepted in one form or another. We all like acceptance. I believe that was my big thing before I got saved. Uh, I sought after friendship. I sought after being accepted in this world. I sought after being in those, uh, being in those places in life, and knowing what I had been taught growing up. I found myself in those situations and in those circumstances, and God convicted me of that, and God brought me brought me to light and understood made me understand or made me able to understand if you will uh, that I was lost uh, and I once I got saved in April of 2015 I tell you what I've got more friends now true friends in the gospel and brothers and sisters in Christ than I ever could have even fathomed before and, and more so I'll, I'll and I'll I should have said this first but I have a friend that sticks close with me throughout the day and always. I have somebody, even though I go through 
Hey, we all go through depression in life, amen. Let's go on and chalk it up and say, yes, we do. We go through those valleys in our lives where we feel like we can talk to nobody else. Hey, but we have somebody right there, right beside us, that's walking with us that we can lean on, that we can go to in our time of need. In our feebleness, we can go to him. And he understands, hallelujah. He understands exactly what we're going through. And I'm thankful for that tonight, that he will meet us right exactly where we're at and what we are going through. So verse number 16, and it says, And what agreements hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 17 says, Wherefore, come out from among them. He's calling for separation here. Here's Paul. He's, he's making this, this, uh, this claim. He's, he's commanding these Corinthians. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, uh, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. We should be separate. Don't be afraid, young people, to stand out for the cause of Christ. Don't be afraid to do that. It's easy to do that. And I'll confess unto you, um, just to share share with you, and I shared it with, with my bosses this week. Um, when I hired in at Walmart, I didn't know what to expect being a God-called man to preach. I didn't know what to expect because, as we all know, Walmart is probably one of the liberalist companies in America or in the world, probably one of the most liberal. I didn't know whether I could even speak about God's Word with fear of losing my job. You know, I hired in on probably the roughest crew, weekend nights. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday nights. The roughest of the roughest, okay? Yeah, and I guess I'm saying that about myself. I'm just going to put it out there, you know? And I was, I was scared. I was afraid. And as I've progressed further and as I've read more and as I've been more in tune with God's Word and I've consumed more knowledge, if you will, the more confidence that I have, you know. And this is going out over the Internet. There may be somebody in HR or head office see this. And here I am talking badly about Walmart. So be it. At this point, so be it. If it means me losing my job, so be it. If it means that one person hears the gospel and they possibly could come to salvation, it's worth it. That's easy preaching, hard living. So be it. But being being separate, and now I've had conversations, I finished my thought, I've had conversations now in my boss's office. We're talking about Scripture. In the center of that building, we're sitting there talking about Scripture and talking about the things of God. Didn't know that coming into it. But there are people, wherever you're at, 
there are people you can hook up to. There are people you can lock arms with physically. Yes, we have Christ with us as we walk. He said he would be always with us even to the end of the world. But we do have those physical people that we can lock up with physically and spiritually, if you will. Their spirit bearing witness with our spirit that can get us through the day. That can help us and encourage us no matter where we're at. So and then Paul in verse and throughout this, Paul Paul kept his testimony throughout this whole this whole ordeal. Throughout I say this whole ordeal. Throughout the Bible, let me say that and say it that way. Throughout the Bible, Paul kept his testimony. So whatever testimony you have that has not been tainted by this world, keep that. Stay true. Because once it's gone, it's very hard to get it back. And you won't get it back fully. There will be those folks that remember. Uh, and with that being said, I believe I've said all I need to say tonight. Um, so 2 Corinthians chapter 6 uh, I pray God will give me a, I believe he is, giving me a, a message, a shorter message, Brother Jay, uh, out of this. Uh, but Paul talking about our conduct and how we conduct ourselves and some tools that he uses, you know, still while appealing to the lost, trying to draw those unto, him, uh, unto Christ. We ought to be careful how we conduct ourselves in this world. Close in a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed.